I'll be honest. He was my he was my top choice. I love that he's no. crazy and violent. No. I mean, no. Bounty Gate made me like him even more <laughs> than on. I did before he left. The, come you know, on! Oh, come on! You want that? You absolutely. I don't care if he's getting suspended or fined. <laughs> you don't want Bounty Gate. Bring no. it! Uh, I'm gonna give you a tip and watch the national championship game, and then just go get like. Four dudes from each of those teams. To win the ACC tournament in New York, which is another place that I'll be looking for tickets. And I don't mean the ACC tournament, Brent. I mean for Broadway. I'm scouting those Hamilton tickets on SeatGeek and other Broadway shows. Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast, the first in a earlier than we wanted to have it edition of an off-season Burgundy <laughs> Blogcast. And with me, as always, is the host of Burgundy Blogcast. I, I call you the host of me the host sometimes. The creator of Burgundy <laughs> Blog is Brent. Brent, how are you doing? I'm good. What's up, Hayes? Not much. Uh, we don't have a game to talk about. We have some games we could talk about, but because we are Washington-focused, uh, we will only talk about those games in terms of maybe how bad Washington would have lost in one of them. But let's talk about news more pertaining to Washington, and it got busy already this week. Um, Joe Barry, defensive coordinator, let go. I'm going to guess that you agree with the move of keeping the head coach, get a new defensive coordinator, keep the offensive coordinator. Is that how you would have treated those three? Yeah, I think that was I think that was the right thing. Um for reasons that we've we've uh, touched on or in, uh, even gone into some depth on, I did think that uh, it was time for Joe Barry to uh, be replaced, and I, I wasn't I was not at all sure that they were going to do it. I thought it was probably kind of fifty fifty. To me, it it was um, uh, justified, and so yeah, that's that's some news. You know, it's uh, he, he was he was a he was by all accounts a really good guy. The players publicly were with him. I, I mean, I think throughout the the season there were. Some occasions, you know, post losses where there was grumbling and some questions about, um, you know, play call here and there and overall philosophical differences. But, you know, they really loved him. They, they loved playing for him. He seemed like a good dude. Uh, he, he definitely brought that enthusiasm that was that, that was his calling card. Uh, I mean, I, I never met the guy. I wish him well. I don't you know, I don't think I, I do think. Well, yeah, I mean, going back, basically, I panned that hire. I mean, I, I felt strongly that it was not the right hire, I think. Uh, and I was not alone at all. I mean, most most Redskins fans were very disappointed with that hire. No, go ahead. Pat hire. yourself on the back. Pat yourself on the back. That's fine. <laughs> well, we were collectively, I think, uh, validated. Uh, so, you know, it was time. And so now, yeah, it's kind of exciting. I mean, it, it, it blows that the Redskins didn't make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I do think an interesting way of looking at this is if they had somehow managed to um, – you know, pull out that win, you know, you know, rewind. Cousins doesn't throw that awful cuz bone at the end of the Giants game. They win. They make the playoffs. 
uh, let's say they're one and done. You know, there's there's possibly this whole alternate universe where now Joe Barry's not fired because they've made the playoffs twice in a row with, you know, under his direction of the defense. Um, you know, so would I trade one for the other? I'm not sure. Hard to say. But I guess that's probably a silver lining in in the um, in the early exit is is that, uh, you know, they, they had they needed a fall guy and they picked the right person, I think. So. So, yeah. So Gruden Gruden, I think, deserves to be back, but he's probably got, you know, now he's really, really on the on the hot seat this year. And he's got to show more progress. And then Sean McVay, the offensive coordinator, there's certainly no reason to get rid of him. I mean, they were all despite the red zone struggles, the offense overall was really good. He's now interviewing in multiple places for head coaching jobs. So I think they did the right thing by firing Joe Barry and keeping most of the rest of the um, you know offensive staff uh, to this point intact. Uh, does this mean that they have the right defensive personnel that they weren't used well? Uh, was it did Joe Barry get screwed because he didn't have the right players? Uh, we know. I mean, you know, obviously we thought Norman had talent came in and, and had a pretty decent season. Uh, some other guys, Kerrigan maybe had a better season than last year. You'll be able to name some names better than I will. But uh, but is it is it a talentless defense uh, that or is it just a is it a, ta- a talent that was used wrong? There's definitely some pieces there, and so whoever replaces Barry is going to have something to work with. Um, you know, Josh Norman is a really good player, and he had a good year. Uh, there's Ryan Kerrigan, uh, who's was his his you know typical uh, solid self, and I think uh, in addition to Norman in that cornerback room in in the DB room, um, you know, Bashad Breeland, who had a total down year, has a lot of uh, ability and potential. So I think. You know, he he certainly still has a future. Uh, they drafted Kendall Fuller, Quentin Dunbar. I still think as he gets adjusted to the position has a future. So they've got some good corners. They have nothing at safety. They have nothing at inside linebacker. I mentioned Kerrigan and then Trent Murphy came out of nowhere to be a, a very effective player this year. Preston Smith had a down year, but I think he makes a third outside linebacker who could potentially be molded into something good. There's basically nothing along the defensive line except for Chris Baker, who's unrestricted. So who knows if he'll even be back. So, you know, short answer to your question, no, this this isn't to say that there was enough talent that Barry should have done better. It's just that he did not draw out of them their, you know, he, he caused very few players with the exception of Murphy to overachieve and he just didn't get out of them. He didn't maximize his defense. Uh, so hopefully the next guy can can get them back to average and then eventually, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, a top 10 unit. All right. If we were a more sports radio like fashion, really, I shouldn't uh, hate on sports radio. I, I was in it for several years and worked with several smart people. Let's go to sports TV. If we were in sports TV, this would have all been secondary to the next question, which is who is next? Who comes next? Yeah. And I did some deep, deep, deep research, which mm-hmm. is Google Redskins defense coordinator candidates and clicked on the first link. Probably, I mean, I can't remember what I did, but I saw. Wade well, you probably Fe- know as much as I do on, on uh, that. You know, I mean, they're they're playing it pretty close to the vest. I mean, no, I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I'm taking whatever the, the the national word is, and I hear Wade Phillips' name, who's old but uh, has always been known as a good defensive coordinator. But then that brings back my favorite Wade Phillips story, which I may tell later. Um, hmm. Steve Wilkes of the Panthers, which, no, 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 I don't need you stealing our <laughs> coaches, but it kind of looks like he may be on the way out regardless, so whatever, you, you do your best with him. 
that'd be reuniting him and Josh Norman. Uh, anybody of those two that you would prefer? Is there somebody that you're not hearing mentioned at all off the radar that you like? Uh, I know you peruse college coaches from time to time. Is there anybody anybody that you like as candidates? Well, Wade Phillips is my favorite. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to try to overthink this. I wanted the Redskins to hire him two years ago when they when they instead hired Barry. He wanted to come by most reports at that time. His son, of course, is the Redskins tight end coach. Uh, I mean, it, it's not it's not creative, but he's he's proven. He's been to a bunch of places. He's had success everywhere. He wasn't uh, a particularly successful head coach previously, but as a defensive coordinator, the guy churns out top five, top ten units. Uh, yep. And and I'm just I'm just kind of over the young and enthusiastic and high potential type of guy. I want a guy whose system is known to work. Now, would he come in and immediately make them badass? No, probably not. There's not enough talent yet. It'll take a couple of off seasons, I think, unless you catch lightning in the bottle. So he's my favorite. I think in terms of likelihood of him coming, I mean, I'm not really holding my breath for whatever reason. They didn't want him two years ago, so I'm not sure that they would have, you know, that Gruden's ready to have done an about face. I don't know if it's that he uh, you know, is somehow like nervous or insecure about hiring somebody with so much more experience that's been thrown out there. I really have no idea. That's my horse, Wade Phillips, but, um, I'm not really expecting it. Wilkes, I was actually going to ask you about, cause I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I had, I knew his name, but, um, I, I don't know much about, I mean, I sort of Googled his resume and stuff and he's been around. He's, you know, highly respected and, and Josh Norman seems to be attributing, um, you know, much of his his development from a nobody into an all pro to to Wilkes's um, tutelage. So he's got that going for him. My initial reaction was, eh, I don't love the the idea of chasing the guy who Norman is no doubt voting loudly for. You know, I mean, it's like that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing has not worked out well for the Redskins in the past. Um, so you know, if if that's what they're doing, I don't really love it. But you know, whatever. I don't I don't know enough to say that. I'm not super enthusiastic about that candidate, but I wouldn't pan it. The guy you didn't mention, who I actually currently think is the most likely uh, eventual um, name, is Gus Bradley, who had a lot of success. Well, he coached the, the he was a defensive coordinator, I think, for four years in Seattle, overlapping with Scott McLuhan while he was a front office executive there. His defense in Seattle sucked for two years, and then it became great, and that was the beginning of when that defense turned into what it is known as now with the Legion of Boom and all that. So he's credited to some degree with with turning them into that. So he had success there. Then, of course, he was in Jacksonville for, I think, the last four years, where apparently he was just super smiley, happy, friendly coach who was telling everybody that it, uh, winning doesn't necessarily matter. It's how you play the game. And then that worked out very badly for them. And, um, you know, but... He's got connections, uh, the one I mentioned to McLuhan, and then also he was in Tampa with overlapping with um, Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen, uh, and that is a typical characteristic of many recent hired Redskins coaches, that Tampa connection. So he seems to have an in on multiple levels, and I'm kind of medium on him. I mean, you know, he's, he, he coached a great defense in Seattle, and then as a head coach, it didn't seem like he had much going on. Um, he would probably bring more of a 4-3 type defense, so there might be a little bit of a transition in the base defense, although that, I think that's overstated. So anyway, Gus Bradley, I'm kind of like a 6 on him. I would be fine with it. I mean, um, I think it's an upgrade. Uh, again, Wade Phillips is my preference. And if she should tell you, come closer. And if she tells you where the child Oh, no, no, no.
Yeah, I mean, did you have anything to add on Wilkes Hayes? I mean, what do you know about him? Nah, not a whole lot. I can't, much like I, I defer to you and others on, like, uh, the intricacies of offensive line play, I can't tell you who's assistant coaching guys up really well, you know what I mean? Now, apparently he's been promoted, you know, he was, he's not defensive coordinator, he's like defensive backs coach, but also yeah. assistant head coach. Yeah. So, I guess, I guess there's just some level of leadership. Uh, I feel maybe, like they usually give somebody that sort of slash title when they need a promotion and more money to keep them from, absolutely. from going somewhere that, that, else. Which means, yeah, I guess he's been in, in demand. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. And the fact that, that he's interviewing for head coaching jobs elsewhere, um, you know, just leads me to believe that he's good. But, you know, it, I, I agree with you. He's not, as a defensive coordinator, he is not as tried and true as good old Wade Phillips. And yeah. what is it about – I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> one of these dudes, there's a Dick LeBeau that was a defensive coordinator somewhere. I feel like the Eagles had a dude for like 20 years, and the Steelers mm-hmm, yeah. had a dude for like 20 years. Monty Kiffin was a long-time defensive dude. It's like, there's just some dudes that just know how to coach defense, yep. uh, and I don't know what it is, whether they're just reading the other team's play calling, or not not, not like cheating way, just like they're, they just see the game well, or they just have a couple, you know, knack for teaching tackling in a way that other people don't or covering or whatever it is. They seem to have magic. And so I'm with you on he seems pretty tried and true. If you can get him, why not? You know, sometimes there's behind the scenes, uh, especially with defensive coordinators or guys who want to be head coaches who will be abrasive to the head coach or piss off. But Wade, he seems to have taken his shot and been fine, you know, not you know, be, being a, a defensive coordinator. So, But I do have to tell my favorite Wade Phillips story, and I've, we've probably laughed about it before, so I apologize if I tell this one multiple times. But did you ever watch, did you ever watch Hard Knocks? Yeah, oh yeah, I like Hard Knocks. Okay, did you, do you remember the one, and if we talked about the one, I'm pretty sure he was head coach of the Cowboys and they had Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is where, like, you know, the, like edit, video editing can make you look a way that they, they'll tell a story they want to tell. And here they, <laughs> yeah. here they wanted to tell a funny story. And it partly went with Wade's, like, just accent that, that makes him come across a little more of, like, a bumbling idiot than he is because he isn't. Obviously, he's a smart man. He can coach defense, at least in the football sense. But he's uh, – they're showing – and again, you know, they, they kind of make it look like there's practice going on, but this is uh, the Pac-Man Jones. He's off to the side. He's practicing punt returns. But what he's really doing is, and it's partly amazing. He's like a freak athlete. He's right. he's catching hanging punts, and but like multiple without dropping the ball. Right. Yeah. So, so he's stacking them up four or five, you know, maybe even like six. And Wade Phillips is watching this and be amazed and chuckling. And then... And this is the part that makes him look really bad because that could happen at a break, you know. Is he's he, like other people? There's definitely a couple, like a scene where like other people are like legit like coaching or watching something, and Phillips is walking around like and I'm like, hey man, did you see Pac-Man over there catching those punts? <laughs> did you see this guy? I mean, it is crazy. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, man. we gotta finish the drill, you know. We and it, it just makes him look so bad. He's like uh, your favorite grandpa, seems like. But yeah, exactly. And and like we said, there seem to be some old men who have a knack for defensive coordinators. And I do think there's ageism going on in coaching in general. So I'm all for mm-hmm. a Wade Phillips uh, keep the old man defensive coordinator position alive. So there's two candid, two other names I wanted to briefly mention. One is Greg Williams. Uh, who's very familiar to all Redskins fans because he's been here. He was here. Say, he, I feel he, like I've coached Redskins defense under under Gibbs 2.0, and they had a really really strong veteran heavy defense. 
And then he went off and he did his thing with the Saints and there was Bounty Gate and Kill the Head, Kill the Head. And then he's been in in St. Louis and then L.A. I'll be honest. He was my he was my top choice. I love that he's (laughs) crazy and violent. I mean, Bounty Gate made me like him even (laughs) more than I did before he left. Come on. Oh, come on. You want that. You absolutely. I don't care if he's getting suspended or fined. (laughs) You don't want Bounty Gate. Bring it. No, no. Oh my God! I disagree so much, dude. Top choice. Anyway, he's he he went with the Browns. So Godspeed to him. I don't know what that was about. The you know the as one a, guy... as a as a doctor. I'm gonna put there, if he's if he becomes your coordinator. I'm gonna put a concussion on your head. I mean like, that's <laughs> that's Greg Williams coaching him up to go after the head right there. That's you, Doc. The sport is not for the faint of heart, Hayes. Come uh, on, unbelievable. Uh, um, if there's a guy out there who nobody is associating with the Redskins, and I and I, I, I there's no smoke, so I doubt there's any fire, but uh, sort of under the radar type guy who I really like eventually as a defensive coordinator for somebody is former longtime Patriots linebacker Mike Vrabel, uh, who's the who's the linebackers yeah. coach for the Texans right now. So he's still huh. in the tournament, and and therefore, I mean, I, you know, that kind of messes with the hiring schedule. But Belichick has has sung this guy's praises for a long time in terms of football knowledge, toughness. He said when they traded him that he epitomized every good asset that you could want in a football player. And I think that he's going to be a nice DC for somebody soon. Yeah. Toughness definitely helps in coaching. Um, yeah. Cause it gets really cold on the sideline and stuff. Um, <laughs> also, if you get Vrabel, he can, he can cross over and play, do a couple plays as a, as an offensive coach. Bingo. Too. That's right. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. Uh, all right. So those are the candidates. There's nobody outside of that that you'd like. Uh, I, I feel. You know, I, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that somebody we just named is is going to eventually be the winner. Yeah. So it'll stay within the NFL circles. I feel like it would be kind of Washington esque to get Greg Williams. I God, I hope not though. You don't want that guy. Um. All right. Uh, before we move on to other topics. I want to point out that it is certainly the off season, and the off season is when Brent proves that he's not truly a sports fan uh, because if he were, he could have tickets to the game that's going on right now being played between his alma mater and Wake Forest University. That is a UVA Wake game that you didn't even know was being played, but you could have gotten tickets to with SeatGeek <laughs> if you had the SeatGeek app. How are you not even aware of your own team playing an ACC basketball I'm going to pick it up in the second half. Uh, I'm a, a little cold on them after two straight losses, that's or two a, out of three. That's a lie, and it's already in the second half, so we, we, know, we know you're lying. Well, we got to hurry up. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you care. Like you care. Uh, you see what that guy Bacon from Florida State did to them? He's nasty. Florida State's nasty. I love it when Florida State's good. Um, and and that's going to make for some great Alexander Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton parodies when the ACC tournament's in New York, which is another place that I'll be looking for tickets. And I don't mean the ACC tournament, Brent. I mean for Broadway. I'm scouting those <laughs> Hamilton tickets on SeatGeek and other Broadway shows. Uh, whatever you want, whether it's sports, theater, concerts, check it out on SeatGeek. Get the SeatGeek app because that is where you can use the promo code Burgundy by going to the setting tabs. 
Click add a promo. Use Burgundy. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. That's the SeatGeek app. All the sports theaters. Seriously, we're going to do that in New York. We'll probably see some ACC tournament games. May see some pro games. Definitely are going to take my crew at Sports Channel 8 to a Broadway show because we're cultured like that. And you could Maybe be you'll watching, see Kirk Cousins there. You could be watching London Perantes swish a three for Virginia to go up 38-37 if you had used SeatGeek to go to Charlottesville tonight. Um, 15 minutes left in the game. We'll get you out in time to see the final f- minutes. Rontes is the man. I may, I may text you later to quiz you on what happened in the game, so you better brush <laughs> up. Uh, we do not have Brent's notes tonight, but you do have been taking some notes, I know, on some prospects that are sort of on your early draft board. So I wanted to hit on those, uh, and, and maybe if I even know who they are, or maybe some we might be watching uh, in the national championship game because we've seen a lot of guys coming out of these two schools. Clemson on the sneak has had a lot of pros that have turned into like superstar pros. Who's the guy? Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, who's the guy for the foul? Vic Beasley that had just a oh, yeah. monster um, sophomore year. But anyway, uh, so g- give me some Brent's notes on some of the favorite players uh, you've seen. We'll start with one that I saw in person at the Sun Bowl. The guy for Stanford, and he's a monster, and he's number 90. I'm going to let you tell me his yeah. name because I can't think of it. So take it from That's- there. That's Solomon Thomas. Yes, yeah, that was yes. that was fun texting with you. You had a nice video from of of him ending walking off that game with a sack from the from the end zone. So he's so you know that's kind of you know the Redskins are um, have the 17th overall pick unless they unless they do some business. Uh, so they're sort of right smack dab there in the middle of the first round. And so I've been sort of trying to zero in. I mean it, the process is super early, and I, I don't know if I'll get into the scouting stuff as as much as I uh, as I have in recent years. This year, but uh, looking at at a short list of guys who might be um, nice picks who could realistically be available in the middle of the round. He's definitely one of them. He might be my favorite guy. I think the Redskins desperately need help on defense um, throughout the defense, all three levels. I think he might especially the defensive line. He might be rising too high. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. He might, especially with that bowl game performance. But um, he's 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 big. He's versatile. Um, I think he could be sort of an edge guy. He could probably play three, four, a defensive end. And who knows what kind of defense the Redskins are going to be running now. Cause we don't even know who's going to be coaching that side of the ball, but, um, love Solomon Thomas. Um, another guy I like in the middle is this, this inside linebacker from Vanderbilt, Zach Cunningham. I think after Ruben Foster, he's probably the second best inside linebacker in this draft. Um, I think huh. he's just a, a, a really really good athletic player who would I be a nice addition for them. I saw him play in person too, but they got torn up by NC State. So the only time I saw Vanderbilt play uh, this year, uh, he did not make a great impression <laughs> on me. Uh, I don't know exactly what he was doing. He was probably there was uh, this guy named Jalen Samuels who I think is is coming back to NC State, or maybe he had made a decision. But he's sort of a undersized dude, but a huge athlete. And he mm-hmm. ran wild over uh, NC State, yeah. and they returned a punt, which may not be on your boy, the linebacker. But uh, as far as bold performance alone, a small sample size, I'm like Solomon Thomas over your uh, your other dude. Who else you Man, got? My one other guy, because they desperately need a safety, and they have since Sean Taylor died. But um, Malik Hooker from Ohio State is a nice-looking prospect. Why? Why you got to bring up Sean Taylor? Oh, he's one well, of my favorite players. I, I'm just saying, why you got to do that? Yeah, that he'll be kind of hard to replace, probably forever. But uh, yeah. who'd you say for Ohio State? 
Malik Hooker, free safety, really, really, really good player, um, awesome range. He had a huge bowl game. Uh, I don't know if he's going to last to number 17 either, but um, Look, you know, those are those are those are kind of my three guys right now that I would be really excited about. Maybe you didn't listen to my intro, but uh, I'm going to give you a tip and watch <laughs> the national championship game, and then <laughs> just go get like four dudes from each of those teams, like one offensive lineman from who, like if any of their offensive linemen are available, get you right. an Alabama Clemson offensive lineman, defensive yep. lineman. Get you two as many as they put up. You keep <laughs> yeah. those. Then you pick you uh, maybe a skill position. There's probably a receiver and a D back in there too. Um, don't uh, leave your draft board open until you watch the national championship game. Um, it, it's well fun. Said. One time I uh, I talked to a referee about the only national championship game he ever did. And I don't remember who it was that year, but it was just the two best teams. It was the Clemson and Alabama of that year. And it was one of the years sort of like this one where you're like, you know, we, we, we got a pretty good sense that we probably do have the two best teams uh, in the game. And, you know, whatever, whatever these guys were, they were line judges or whatever, and they line up normally like 12 yards back from the line of scrimmage because they're, you know, they backpedal with the, the – receiver mm-hmm. who may be going on a 40-yard fly or whatever, you know? <laughs> and they said after, like, two plays of just the dudes running, not even, like, fly patterns, just, like, the, the, the you know, the fastest wide receivers going out 10 yards and digging, you know, those dudes who dropped so far back, they're like, we we might need to start, like, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage instead of 12. Um, it was just another level. So watch the national championship game and pick you got a couple guys out there that are available. Uh, I promise you, you'll, you'll see something you like. I Just remember she said that to me Oh yeah With that, we will maybe do podcast we'll see it, it, it might depend on what kind of news we hey, have. Wait, hang on hey don't oh, cut it off we got to talk a little bit about the the playoffs right the games uh, uh, let's do some some huge <laughs> sorry some huge white dude from virginia just banked in a free throw um Boom. yeah we can talk about the games you were the one who said you did not watch them very much i, I, guess I my, didn't but I, we, we got to celebrate a little bit that the giants just got spanked so <laughs> adios fellas. All, right. all right that's good and the redskins didn't they beat the, their biggest win of the season? Is probably now the spank. Didn't they put a spanking on Green Bay? Yeah, that was the last time they lost. They beat them. They beat them bad on Sunday night at home. As the last time Green Bay lost. Since then, they're they're crushing people. So that's uh, oh my gosh! This guy is so white for Virginia. His name is Salt. Oh Jack my, Salt. Yeah. Oh my god! Of course, his name is Salt. He's from Australia. Um, he's like Dolph Lundgren. Of course, he's Australian. How could you be more white than being Jack Salt <laughs> playing for Virginia than if you were from Australia and banking home free throws? <laughs> and uh, let me. Oh yeah, he's got a crew cut. Oh yeah, he's got a crew cut. Good <laughs> lord, Jack Salt. Um, I told you he looks like Ivan Drago. Uh, all right. So good or bad to not get? If, if you went in the playoffs. You don't really again. You can't win if you're not there. If you're there, you got a chance. But at Seattle or at uh, Green Bay is where uh, the the winners were this week. I'm not. I, right. I, I'm now trying to say. Well, I'm not. If they had gotten in the playoffs, who knows if they could have been hosting or not? But basically, right. uh, do you have any thought that they might have beat uh, Green Bay or Seattle? And on that same note, uh, is it? Is it better to have not gone into the playoffs at all and going to get a move on some of the offseason stuff, get a slightly higher draft pick, and and, uh, and not feel like it's just a total stalemate going where you were last year? Or is playoffs always better than not playoffs? Oh, they would have gotten absolutely decimated by either of those teams on the road. 
and if they had snuck in and, and been the sixth seed, I think I'm pretty sure they would have played at Seattle. They would have gotten annihilated. Uh, I mean, Thomas Rawls ran roughshod over over Detroit, and he would have absolutely done that to the Redskins. So I think that if they had gotten in, I mean, who knows? It's, it's obviously a hypothetical exercise anyway. You, you can catch, you know, you, you can you can catch 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 the right breaks. And I mean, the Redskins had some, you know, some games this year where they put up enough points that maybe, maybe they could have outscored them if it had turned into a shootout. But I feel pretty sure they would have gotten spanked by either of those. So yeah, it's like, you know, lose now or lose a week from now. I mean, there's something, there's, there's a little bit of panache that is, it's nice to carry around for the year to say, hey, that, you know, that they've been in the playoffs the last two years. Um, so, you know, you miss out on that. I think it would have been pretty painful to go to Seattle and lose yet again for something like the fourth time in the last nine years or something like that in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, e- either way, probably equally uncomfortable for fans. And then, yeah, you know, your draft picks a little bit better. I don't know. I, I would have. I'm not glad they didn't get in, but I, I do think that that you know if, if they had, then this then tonight right now we'd probably still be doing doing our little uh, season wrap up autopsy thing. So uh, just maybe not the defensive coordinator fired this fast, or maybe exactly. or yeah. maybe depending on how bad the uh, the hypothetical ass beating and right. the non-existent playoff berth would have been. Uh, who is there? Do you do you have a favorite team to win it? By favorite, uh, you can take it either way. Team you think will win it, or team that you're cheering for. Uh, I'm desperately rooting for anybody but the Cowboys or Seahawks. I detest both of those teams, I'm but a, I think that the two of them are the most likely uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, over on the, a, the the AFC side, I'm not sure why anybody would think that the Patriots weren't yeah. the favorite. Um, but you know, I don't know. I was looking, I was reading something just an hour ago about uh, I didn't know this but Andy Reid is is was like almost invincible coming off a bye which he is right now he's something like 19 and 2 after buys so uh, that bodes well for the Chiefs against the Steelers so Ch- Chiefs Patriots and Seahawks Cowboys is what I'm expecting uh in the in the championship uh conference championship game so yeah I mean I think there's going to be Gonna be some good football going on next week. I know that I know you can never cheer for the Cowboys, but uh, you can hear me. I'm with you on no Seahawks, just God no Seahawks. And then I'm, you know, I'm I'm team no Patriots at this point. I don't hate hate them like some people do, but you know, I'm uh, I'm over their greatness. See, I'm I'm kind of like I mean, obviously as uh, be, being as as wrapped up in the Redskins as I am. I mean, the whole AFC to me is kind of like whatever. And, you know, obviously the, the the Patriots have just been toying with the rest of the NFL for a long time. I couldn't care less. I don't care if they win 15 Super Bowls. I mean, as long as it's not the as long as it's not somebody else in the NFC East that's going to be comparing themselves to the Redskins for the next, 20, you know, however long. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, good that you're not able to step out and see it through any other lens. That's uh, noble of you. Right on, right on uh, blinders, yep. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll let you go so that you can see – the Cavs, who have taken a four-point lead over the Deacons in an old-school ACC matchup. Um, God, and like finally. I said, we depending on what the news is uh, or is not this week regarding team personnel or other things uh, Washington-related, we may have another podcast next week or just in the near future. Stand by. We'll let you know. Um, for Brent, who's off to watch ACC hoops, I know he is right now. I'm Hayes. This is the Burgundy Blog. Blog.